Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. Morning, everybody. Hi. How are you? I hope everybody's well and good and happy and moving forward here in life. I'd like to take a minute here, though, to acknowledge my terrific sidekick here this morning, Mr. Derek Fisher. I told him we get our act straight, boy, we can take this on the road. So thank you, sir. I really appreciate having you up here with me this morning. All righty then. Now, today, as Ms. Derek has shared with you, uh, Reverend Russ has found himself a beach and he found one in Florida, so, you know, it's, it's nice and warm down there. And so we're going to know that he is having a wonderful, relaxing, relaxing time down there this morning. And that he is taking a breath and catching his breath. And knowing full well that he travels safely when he returns. And that he enjoys himself while he is there. Meanwhile... He's left things to me. Thank you. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Reverend Russ gifted us with a little booklet. 40 days, a little booklet for Lent. It says 40 days, and this is let go and let God. And he gave a wonderful talk on the first Sunday of Lent about letting go of enough of our human ego to be able to relate to the divine. And on the second week of Lent, Reverend Russ spoke about seeking another's approval, which inhibits us from discovering all the divine creativity and love that we bring to the world. So today, on this third Sunday of Lent, being the beginning of the Lent week here, third Lent week, I'm going to share a few thoughts about letting go of the human behavior of worry. The title of my talk this morning is Trust God and Tie Up Your Camel. <laughs> so, what is that about? Well, Jesus' message to the world was about trusting God, God the Father. In his most famous message, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus spoke, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, or what you will wear. Is not life more than food? Well, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet... Your heavenly Father 
feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add one single hour to your span of life? Jesus taught that the key to letting go of worry is to trust God. Speaking as the Christ consciousness, that divine spirit within us all, Jesus said, come all ye who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Jesus knew how to let go of the mental pressure of worry. He knew that by letting go of the worry and asking God to handle it and not thinking about it again, divine order would support us in knowing what is ours to do. What is to take place next? Jesus went on to say, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. So what is worry? Now, we sling that word around a lot. So I thought I'd just check with uh, Merriam-Webster's dictionary and see what they have to say about worry. So the definitions I came up with that Webster shared with me were, one, to afflict with mental distress or agitation, to make anxious, to harass by tearing, biting, or snapping, especially at the throat. Now I tell you, my cats got that down, okay? They know how to, they know how to scratch and nag and to shake or pull with teeth, to touch or disturb something repeatedly, to change the position of or adjust by repeated pushing and hauling, to feel or experience concern or anxiety, to fret, to struggle. Now, I don't know about any of you, but this doesn't sound too pleasant to me. Do we have any idea how much brain space and time out of our lives that we spend worrying? Worrying takes up a lot of your head space. It wears on your physical being. And do we have any idea about how much of the stuff we worry about that we can't fix it anyway? We can't change it. We can't fix it. Yet we continue to inflict this physical and emotional harm upon ourselves by engaging in the act of worrying. I know I was trained by 
the greatest experts in the subtleties and complexities of the concept of worrying. <laughs> when I looked up the word worrying in the Webster's Dictionary, there was a picture of my grandma next to it. See, they, my, my grandmother's bright, beautiful little face was sitting right there. Because I grew up dealing with people who just specialized in worrying. And I believe she grew up with some misunderstanding that women only had just a few responsibilities in their lives to contribute to the world. And worrying was at the top of the list. See, because it seems to be the perception that's going around that the more you worry about somebody, then the more you love them. Because if I can sit and fret and worry and carry on, and I'm loving you, you know, I'm just loving you, but I'm just worrying myself to death over you. My mother was extremely good at worrying. She learned, of course, from the best. Then she taught me well how to worry. I worried about whether or not the clothing I was choosing to wear that day was appropriate. I worried about being on time. But see, that was one of the things I grew up with. You're never late. So in my household, nobody was ever late to anything. Being well-mannered. Did I practice my, my, the, the knowledge that I gained from attending Southern Etiquette University? And y'all know that Southern women are supposed to attend Southern Etiquette University to learn how to be a Southern belle, a proper Southern belle. And the men attend Southern Etiquette University to learn how to be proper Southern gentlemen. So I, I worried about whether I was well-mannered. I worried about how well I was educated. I worried about being miscongeniality. See, because I, I, I worried about whether I was the life of the party and how well I was doing that. I worried about whether or not I was following the rules. Because, see, that was another thing we did in my house. We followed the rules. And I worried about whether or not I was good enough. I reached a point in my life where I got tired of the anxiety that I was experiencing and the level of physical discomfort that it was causing. And my inability to concentrate on whatever it was I was doing now seemed to be interrupted by the worrying. More and more, my brain space was being taken up by worrying about someone or something. And I got tired. I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. Charles Fillmore wrote, I know God does provide for the, for the fulfillment of his divine idea. And I am that divine idea. I refuse to be anxious about tomorrow 
or even the next minute. So we, as a society, have indulged in this concept of worry. Some of us have mastered it. Some of us just sort of do ourselves a favor and just dabble every now and then. So what do I do to help myself? What do I do to support myself in the willingness to let go of the worrying? Besides trusting in God to handle the challenges of my life, I turned to this concept of tying up my camel. This means that I live my life by means of spiritual practice and common sense. So I let God handle the big stuff, the stuff that I absolutely have no control over. I have to be willing to let go and let God deal with it. I got a shirt at home. I almost wore it this morning, but then I was worrying about whether or not I was going to be in the right, you know, dress properly this morning. So I left the shirt at home, but the shirt said, God's got this. So I had to sit down and think, now, am I going to perpetuate something that continues to make me sick and tired? Or am I going to find a means by which to have someone share the load, have the load get shared? And I have to be willing to give the load up first. I have to be willing to let go of it. So I get to say, God, I have no idea what to do about this problem. So I'm turning it over to you. You got this. And I get to then trust that God's handling that part. So then I go back to my common sense and my means of spiritual practice, because that's always with me. I keep that camel tied just in my hand. And whenever I stop from my journey, I tie my camel up, keep my spiritual practices, keep my common sense with me. Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, I've been hanging with Merriam-Webster a lot this week, um, defines common sense as sound, prudent judgment based on simple perception of the situation or the facts. So I focus on what's mine to do. When I am willing to let the burden, the big burden, be handed over to God, when I'm willing to cough it up, and be willing to let go of it, and be willing to figure out what else can take up my mind space. Because I remember sitting at a table, a lunch table in Universal Studios with a friend of mine, and this was the friend who got me into metaphysics, and we were sitting at the lunch table, and I was whining about something, and I was, it was something I had no control over, and a friend of mine said to me, why are you worrying about this? You can't fix this. And I said to her, I said, well, what am I going to think about if I'm not worrying about how I'm going to fix things? My brain has to focus on something. And if you take away my ability to worry about what things that are going on in my life, what am I going to think about? I literally could not figure out what to put in that space that I was using to worry about such and such and such. So my friend sitting across the table, she said, you know what? She says, why don't you just let the space be empty for a little bit? 
Just let it be empty for a little bit. You're not going to shrivel up and blow away. And see what slowly comes to heart. <sighs> Whoa. That was a big one for me. So I had to learn to allow my common sense and my spiritual practice to be present. So she began me on my road to metaphysics. So I started to focus on what was mine to do. So the first step I focused on was I continue to grow in my spiritual study of metaphysics. I stay in class. I read. I create the spiritual practice. I meditate. I pray. And in my affirming positive prayer, I declare the truth about myself. I declare that my life is good and very good. I declare that the right and perfect job comes through for me. I declare that the right and perfect relationships show up in my life. And all of this takes place with clarity, focus, ease, and grace. I make time to sit in meditation. This is the time where I am completely still. And trust me, learning how to be still for me was just like turning the sun and Mars backwards and forwards. I did not know what stillness was. Because somewhere in my consciousness, I figured if I kept running, it wouldn't catch me. If I kept running, nobody would find out that I did something wrong. If I kept running, nobody would have time to pass judgment. So I had to learn to sit still. Then I had to allow the wisdom of spirit to guide my direction. The wisdom of spirit, not the judgment of the world. We all have loved ones who care so much about us. And they want so badly to fix and solve our problems. No matter how good their intentions are, loved ones cannot make my anxiety go away. I got to be willing to give it up. When we are worried about the outcome of a job interview, when we're worried about the, how the project at work is going to turn out, when we're worried about the resolution of a relationship, when we are worried about our children, and I don't care how old they are, don't make no difference. When we are worried about our health issues, ours or the health issues of loved ones, when we are worried about world affairs, anxiety can only leave our experience when we give our permission to let it go. Can we just turn off the TV? Turn off the radio? Read the comics first when you pick up the newspaper. Because Charlie Brown usually has some good piece of wisdom to share. 
And Garfield has plenty of wisdom to share. We all know that there's just so much stuff going on out there in the world. It seems like there's some new challenge going on every day. When we get up every day, there's something new going on. Some new war, some new, some new area in the world that we are noticing as people are starving, some new political issue on the home front, something that Mother Nature is getting crazy about. Some something. And that list goes on. So here in the season of Lent, in 2024, this is a time when people in some religious practices are known to give up something that they value for Lent. And giving up something that they value for Lent is ultimately a form of fasting. We can deprive ourselves of some small measure of indulgence or offer that sacrifice up to God. In the metaphysical world, metaphysical experience, we tend to take this opportunity of Lent to give up something that no longer serves us, that no longer supports our highest good. Something we have no intention of taking up again. We might give some thought to giving up worry. We can begin this practice of, we can start with use Lent as, our, as, a, as an opportunity to give up worry and then continue practicing the releasing of this thing called worry. In our daily spiritual practice, we can trust God enough to turn our concerns over. We can engage in prayer and meditation with the absolute understanding that this brings peace to my life because I am choosing to decide what's God's to handle and what's mine to handle. I'm choosing to trust God and tie up my own camel. Take care of me by means of my practice, my common sense, my self-reliance, as we were talking about this morning in metaphysical group. My self-reliance. We all have the opportunity to live a life we would love to live. We get to determine what that looks like, what that is for us. And then we get to go about figuring out what we need to do to allow that to take place. So I close here this morning with some words from Ernest Holmes, who was the founder of Religious Science. And Ernest Holmes wrote, in order to come into the Christ way or the Christ consciousness, into the consciousness of our own divinity, we lay aside every fear or doubt or worry and we enter into the silent, peaceful contemplation that the spirit of the living God is within us. All the power there is, all the presence there is, and all the life there is, is right here. With God, 
all things are possible. And so it is. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.